Hi and welcome everyone to the fourth episode of CRM Rocks. This is Marcus Alanson and today's podcast will be about scripts in CRM. Mitch lead two companies, CRM Accelerators and XRM Coaches, which provide solutions, architecture design, development and developer training to organizations utilizing Microsoft Dynamics CRM. Mitch is a seven-time Microsoft's most valuable professional for Dynamics CRM and has been in the computer industry for almost 30 years. Welcome, Mitch Milam. Hey, Marcus. How are Thanks you? for being here. How are you? Doing great. What kind of projects are you doing right now? Um, right now, I'm working actually with a couple of uh, healthcare companies, uh, either in an advisory or development uh, role. Is it going well? Uh, most of the way, yes. You know, there are there are always hiccups. Uh, one of the projects is um, uh, quite long. It's uh, uh, I've been on it almost uh, two years. Oh, yeah. So that's it's long. Um, yeah, it's a quite a quite a journey. You have contributed to the CRM field guy field guy and wrote a book, Dynamic CRM Deep Dive Security, both in two thousand and twelve. You sure like to keep busy. Yes, that uh, that was a very busy year. Very busy year. That was a lot of fun. So how was it writing books? Well, it is interesting. Um, it's usually more than uh, more time than uh, you would expect. Um, the Deep Dive Security book, I probably have the main part. I invested half a day for 30 days working on it so, uh, solid, <clears throat> and uh, which was more than I thought it was going to take. But there was a lot of information to verify and everything that uh, – you thought about security, uh, you had to check and make sure that what you were repeating was uh, exactly the way it was. So everything had to be verified and tested and uh, things like that. Yeah. Would you like to do it again? Um, actually, I have several more on the way. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, carving out the time out of my schedule to, uh, to do it because, you know, I don't get paid for writing books right now. I get paid later. So between uh, customer commitments and uh, personal you know, family things that uh, I, I work on a little bit at a time. Um, airplanes are very good for writing books because you're stuck in a seat for hours at a time. So I, I usually do that. But um, I'm uh, finished traveling for the year, so I'll just have to carve up my probably nights and weekends. Was it your first books or have you done other before that? I, uh, I did a lot of books in the uh, early to mid-90s. Um, a lot of uh, books uh, on word processing with WordPerfect and things like that. So, um, yeah, I've been writing for a long time. I took a several-year break. I just didn't have anything to write about or, or avenue. The um, uh, technology has uh, 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 advanced significantly. So the, the deep dive book uh, on security I actually published myself. So that was a great learning experience there. So let's let's go to scripts. Uh, sure. There are a couple of uh, news about scripting in CRM twenty thirteen. Mm -hmm. um, would you like to explain a little bit what's what's new? Sure. Um, for the most part, um, uh, the scripting that we were used to in CRM twenty eleven is exactly the same as in twenty thirteen. So your scripts, as long as you didn't do anything unsupported um, and use the XRM dot page model, uh, your scripts should work. Uh, exactly as they did in CRM 2011. With CRM uh, 2013, they added a few extra things to make our lives a little bit easier to fill in with the new form. So we have notifications we can put on the form, on the field, and things like that. So a, a few, there are actually 15 new methods that they created. Um, so it, it's just a, an, some additional stuff, not really um, anything uh, earth-shattering in my mind, but um, a few things that are nice to have. All right, so you said um, notification, the, the bar that we can see in like emails in earlier 2011? Yes, so um, you can put a notification on the form itself at the top. It shows up as a yellow bar. Um, you could do that in CRM 2011 through an unsupported technique uh, using their internal um, methods, uh, but they expose that to us as, as developers, so we have that uh, as a... Um, as a, a, a technique now. And you can also uh, put notifications on the field so that you can put warnings on the field itself should uh, it require additional um, information. And this really is useful if you have um, a field where something has to be 
um, done with the field and you would like to notify the user that something must be uh, completed and you still have the, the red uh, star to say it's a required, but you can actually give it a, a, a literal value saying here's why this has to be completed. So that's a, that's the, a useful addition. Is it good for like the new business process flow that you can say, oh, this is required field in business process flow because of this and yes. that? Exactly. So, um, uh, uh, Sierra in 2011 and, and 2013 allow you to dynamically uh, change a requirement level based on your stage. This happens all the time if you have a, a certain type of record. Say you have a customer and you're using the relationship type code and you uh, change them from, say, a prospect customer to a customer itself. And with that change, you would like additional fields to be required. And you can do that on the fly without uh, with just a, a few lines of code. But sometimes uh, making a change like that to the user is very disconcerting because they don't understand, okay, that field wasn't required when I opened the form, but now it's required. So why did that happen? So this is just another mechanism to help. You explain to the users, uh-huh, someone was able to save this before, but I'm not allowed to now. Exactly. All right. So has anything been deprecated? Um, there are a couple things that are, are deprecated. Uh, really, they're, they're not deprecated as much as they were just moved, and they are dealing with mainly the um, the code that determines what kind of client you have. Um, we ha- now have the ability to determine if we're on a mobile client. Um, if you haven't gotten into the um, uh, to the mobile uh, client for 2013, what it is is a um, uh, it is what you could call a, a shim. Or it is a wrapper that you install on your device, and then CRM will load within that uh, wrapper and expose the, the standard web page that we're used to. But part of that is in certain cases, you may or may not want to execute certain um, commands or certain pieces of your JavaScript, depending if you're on, uh, if you're on the web or if you're um, on a mobile client. So the mobile client is still a web client. You're not referring to the applications, or yes, yeah, it's, it's not actually it's not a true um, native application. It is actually a, a wrapper. So that means that all of your customizations that you do will actually work on the mobile device. All right. So both the web version of the client, the web client, and the application in the mobile devices. So if I go to Google Play, download the app and install that, that that will run my scripts. Yes, as long as you're using the new forms that come with CR 2011, or sorry, CR 2013, as long as you're using the updated forms, those are the forms that actually show up on the device. Yeah, all right. That's good to know. And then it's good to have scripts there because you might have like dependency pick lists and stuff like that that you would like to have even in your uh, in your application exactly all right so so if you have developed your scripts well and and accordingly in 2011 they should be just fine in 2013 and if they're fine there they should be fine in next version also that is that is the plan that's what they they keep telling us and i haven't have not seen them uh break anything yet all right, that's nice to know because that then that's that's a longer time span than stuff that we have had before because two version is uh, well a little bit unusual. Yes. You hold uh, courses uh, in uh, scripting about CRM. So if you have a students that have done JavaScript and want to learn how to do JavaScript in uh, scripting in CRM, where do you like to start? Um, generally, the first thing that they have to know about uh, JavaScript in CRM is they have to understand how CRM works. So a prerequisite of actually taking a class is they need to know CRM. Because if they don't understand how CRM works, they won't be able to write code that ma- that makes use of it. Okay, so and that that's any programming with with dynamic CRM, whether it be plugins or using the SDK, or in this case using scripting, as you mentioned. So generally, what we do is we just start off at the beginning and we do things like um, many, uh, uh, populate a field with data, or take a field uh, data field from one uh, data value from one field and add it to another value in another field, and just start simple and just build up on the um, uh, on the skill sets as we need, so it's a it's a two or three day process uh, depending on on how much we actually need to cover. 
All right. So, so if you go through these prerequisites, is it like you go through? Okay, what is an account? How do we get to an account? What does that mean? Or do you start? Yeah. With right. So we. So they need to know that before they start the class, because we don't. Ha we're not going to have time to actually cover. You know what is CRM and how does it navigate? Because uh, that's just that's too much. You know that could be a week long class in itself. So they, they need to understand uh, like the, what, is, what an account is, what an activity, what a contact is, how the form works, you know, how, how data is saved, how, you're, how the views are structured, how you retrieve data and things like that. And uh, then we take it from there. It's okay. Now that you have your data in CRM or you have your environment, uh, let's, let's manipulate the form. Let's, let's do things on the form. So, we, again, we start off with, with data, and then we move to – uh, showing and hiding sections and tabs and controls and things like that, uh, making the fields required or not required, thing, and, and then doing um, the very advanced stages. We'll actually use uh, the XRM Service Toolkit to do um, data operations and, and retrievals and things. Would you like to recommend that you have taken an exam, uh, a certification in like applications for Dynamics CRM, or is that too much to ask? I don't think it's too much to ask, but in all honesty, if you if you just uh, have have um, sat down with uh, the CRM product for uh, two or three hours and just navigated it around and filled out data and things like that, that's really all that's necessary. Uh, you just need to understand the concepts um, of the the user interface. You know, so again, you have forms, you have uh, the ribbon or the command bar, depending which version it's in, and you know things like that. So as long as you understand the basics of how CRM works then you should be fine. Do you think that it's a big step for users to go from 2011 to 2013 and, and then start doing scriptings in there? Well, the, uh, that's a multiple-part answer. The first part is, yes, it is going to be a change. If you have Sierra 2011 now, moving to the Sierra 2013 interface is going to be, uh, in all honesty, a shock. Okay? Um, a good it, shock it is, or a bad shock? I think that depends on on the person involved and how they are used to using CRM because it is physically different. It's it's uh it has a, a different layout. The navigation is different. How things are appear on the forms are different. Um, the the good thing about the actual upgrade process itself is the existing forms continue to be uh, active and in place, so they will continue to work and look the way they did. If at some point you would like to um, move to the new form, you can either just choose the new form or you can actually merge your old form with the new form and continue with that path. And the merging process is like, yeah, you customize just as you regularly do. Yeah, so uh, you open up um, uh, the form and there's a, a merge button on the ribbon and uh, the form editor still has the ribbon. And you click that, and it lets you select the other the other form. And then what it will do is it will combine the two together along with the associated web resources uh, that are connected for JavaScript and things like that. And then it's up to you to just manually um, move uh, sections and tabs around so that you end up with a layout that makes sense. Because the layout of the, the CRM uh, 2013 form is more horizontal. It's what they call a flow layout. So... It can be vertical. Um, it starts off with uh, three columns in the, in the main tab, and then um, when you see it on a uh, so on a desktop, it will be a vertical just like it always has. So it scrolls up and down. For the uh, mobile client, it will take that exact layout and shift it over to where it's a horizontal scrolling layout. So you'll have your first uh, tab on one page, and when you swipe to the right, it will move the second tab up, etc. So when you define your one uh, form in in CRM 2013, you'd actually define two. One for the actual web client, the big fat client in in mm -hmm. your big browser, and also the one in uh, in the mobile. No, it's actually the same form. There now there is still a mobile form, which is just nothing but a list of fields. So it's for the it's for um, for lack of a better term, dumb devices that only, can only access the the web. It's, it's uh, and, like Mobile Express before. It's mo it, it is the Mobile Express. So it is the Mobile Express form. So that still exists. So what will happen is, so, so you have the account. Um, the old, in, in CR 2011, the main account form was, was called information. Well, the new account information form is actually called account. 
So when you customize account, it will show up on the desktop in one way. But if you load up the account on a, a mobile device like a tablet, like a Surface or an iPad or one of the Androids, um, it will actually take that account form and make it fit the dimensions of the device that it's, it's shown on. So it's the actual same form that the desktop uses. Yeah, so if you add one element, let's say a field, to to the form, it shows up in both applications. Yes, that is correct. All right, that's great to know because then you only have one form to maintain and it's the same experience even though it has a little bit different layout. That is exactly it. That was the, that was the goal and it, it seems like it uh, seems to work pretty well. Do you think that that's a good plan to, to have them exactly the same and not be able to diversify them? You know, Marcus, at this point in time, I don't think we have enough data to, to make a decision. Um, I, I think... Um, for many companies, it will be perfectly fine, but I think really, truly what people will actually do, if they need a mobile application, in many cases, they need a, a mobile application that is very specific to a job function. So, uh, for instance, um, uh, you, uh, you're uh, what they call here in the States uh, a meter reader. You, you work for the utility company, and you walk around, and you, you see how much water or gas uh, someone has used at their house, and you have a device you type that into uh, or, or it gets read into. That could be a, an application that is specific to the job, which is to read meters, but the data also needs to be sent inside CRM. Well, you don't need accounts and contacts, et cetera. You have one job to do, and that's the job. So uh, in that case, I think people will actually create their own applications that connect to CRM that will actually push data in and pull data out for one specific type of job. Or buy a third-party application that yes. there are a lot yep. available already yes. on, on the market. Exactly. And so I think that is what will actually happen. So if, if you have a very specific need, because, again, a lot of times you don't need the full breadth of the CRM mobile Clients, you you because you don't again you won't you won't need a, accounts you won't contacts you you need to know where you are the address so it's very specific um, but if you are it, it, say you are a salesperson and you you're uh, on the road at uh, meeting with customers you would like to be able to uh, connect your your tablet to CRM online for instance to record your activities at your clients as you're visiting so therefore everything is um, is is real time as they say. And perhaps just check activities what has happened recently before you go into the meeting Ab and stuff. Like absolutely, that. yeah. So you you know if you have a if it, if your um, tablet has uh, either Wi-Fi or is a uh, phone enabled, um, sure you could uh, bring up uh, the account history uh, and before you walk in and and find out you know what what has happened uh, with the account recently, uh, what emails have gone out, if they have any orders, etc., so that you're prepared when you walk in to meet them. So when you develop uh, JavaScript for uh, for dynamic CRM, do you um, do you do any unsupported features or you keep yourself strict? Um, I do use unsupported features occasionally, and it really depends on uh, the requirement. And the the biggest thing to remember is it's only unsupported if you don't want to support it. When when Microsoft says it's unsupported, it means that they haven't had time to test it. And they have a very wide range of testing scenarios that they have to satisfy, and it has to pass 100% of the time. So if they cannot guarantee that it's going to work in their scenario, test scenarios every time, all the time, then they will just say it's unsupported. So like, for instance, uh, using jQuery to, to do um, user interface uh, modifications, that's technically unsupported. Um, but people do it all the time because that's the model that they, they, that they use. Um, so as long as you understand the ramifications of your decision and you have it documented and other people know that, okay, if we, if we upgrade this code to, to say, 20, 2011 to 2013, we are going to have to rewrite this one section possibly because it, it, it's unsupported. So uh, as long as I know that, I can move forward. Um, that just happened on, on the, one of my customers is they had had a bunch of uh, – uh, techniques that they use in CRM 4.0. In fact, they were using the 4.0 code model. Well, we upgraded to CRM um, 2011, a bit roll at 12, and the, everything changed. So we had to go and modify all of the code that used these older techniques and replace them with newer techniques. All right. Was that a lot of work? or, or was uh, 
Yes, it was a lot of work. There were there were many issues there. We had about twelve thousand lines of code that um, was in use, and we probably cut it down to about six or seven thousand. There was a lot, a lot of, of scripts. Yeah, it was a lot of redundancy. It was. Uh, I think a lot of people um, uh, had. Uh, there have been several people working on it, and you know, if people are in a hurry, uh, they adding code to the to the to, to a field, and then having the yeah. same code in on load and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, different things like that, or they didn't do it. The, what, how most things actually, it's actually an evolution. It's how most things happen. So what will happen is one developer will go in and they'll add a, add a feature using JavaScript, and then the next developer will go and need to add a similar feature, like, oh, well, this, this person did this. I'll just copy their code and change it for me. And the next thing you know, you have several hundred lines of code that's almost exactly the same. And if you just taken a step back and said, you know, I can take this piece of code, put it into a JavaScript function, pass in two parameters, and then, then that would save me several hundred lines of code. And, and, and so easier that, bugs to fix. And easier bugs to fix, yeah. Fewer lines of code means fewer lines you have to maintain. So uh, that's that's still a, a very valuable thing. So um, it, it was a lot of that. There was just a lot of code that we didn't, that, uh, we didn't use anymore that had to be uh, removed. Uh, there was just code that was uh, very inefficient, uh, either inefficiently functioning or inefficiently written, and we just um, just cleaned it all up. It took about uh, about three months. Yeah, I can imagine. Was this prior or after update rollup twelve? It was uh, in preparation of. So um, we upgraded the servers and then were uh, walking through to the different. Um, uh, entities just one at a time and testing to make sure what what uh, we we had changed would work with update rule 12 we actually went to update rule 14 and so that's where we ended up but um uh so yeah so we we upgraded the server the, the development server and then went through all the um entities one at a time and cleaned cleaned everything up and then made it uh, better and once it passed then we would put it into our our uh uh, QA server for the testing people to to work on to verify that we hadn't broken anything uh, terribly bad. Yeah, yeah, that can be, it can be a lot of work because some of my customers, while upgrading to 2011 in the beginning, when you still could do CRM4 scripts, said that oh, we don't want to put in too much work. We just want a technical quote upgrade. So they mm-hmm. wanted the feature that they had, but the, the look of 2011. So somehow we kept a little bit CRM4 scripts, and then update rollup 12 came and everything just went away. Yes. D- do you think that will happen again in like uh, CRM 2013? Like uh, things going away? or Well, well um, for it, it, the CRM 4.0 uh, object model has, has gone away. Yeah, yeah. So if if you if you have if you're still using successfully using CRM um, CRMForum.all the the which is the object model for CRM 4.0 and it's inside 2011, you're going to have to actually change it to be uh, XRM.page object model uh, that came out with 2011. So you're going to have to do that. But once you're on that path, I think I think future upgrades will will, will not be as painful. Um, it is going to be a little bit of pain, uh, no matter what, strictly because. Um, you're, you're going you know they changed the object model um, it's a uh, it's different um, all the all the um, all the words are different how they're used is different so um, at some point in time you're gonna have a what we call a pain point and it's it's, it's gonna hurt and but you have to do it and once you once you're once you've done it you're, you should be fine so you think so, the sooner the better the sooner the better and you don't have to do it. Say, say you have your uh, 2013. Say you, you're a serum online or serum on premise, and you have your 2013 scheduled next year. You can convert a little bit at a time. So you would maybe convert one entity and make sure it worked. Uh, you know, test it out, and then you could convert another one, and uh, just kind of uh, be systematic in your approach of both your upgrade and also your testing, and make sure that it, it worked um, uh, the same. Uh, tomorrow as it did yesterday yeah i like that yeah i like incremental and and doing kind of a lean scrum agile thing yeah and and absolutely and and dynamic serum really and truly uh from a from a product standpoint really lends itself to uh to the agile approach 
so that you don't have to you know do everything all at once you can't uh, do pieces at a time that's good to to think of well well my question was actually in update roll 12 they introduced multi internet browsers uh, like mm-hmm. like yes. chrome and, and firefox and then they removed uh, they they said that oh we should keep crm4 endpoints for for all of 2011 but that suddenly was not the case because they had it had you know taken microsoft a lot longer and and still was well a little bit more pain that i think they had thought of before they they went into this change do you think that there is going to be a a big one update follow-up like that in 2013 that's going to to change things again I I don't. It's a little bit of speculation that. here, but yeah, I don't see that because. Um, so what you're talking about? So Microsoft has historically, and and the this 2013 update is is exactly the same. They will support the previous endpoint only. So in this case, we we have the 2013 endpoint and the 2011 endpoint. So that uh, the 4.0 endpoint, the 2007 as they call it, is physically missing. So that's why you have to upgrade your code. Um, but I don't think it's it's going to be as as uh, big a deal as uh, as that going forward. So you know, when they come out with the next version, which you know, who knows what that would be, twenty fifteen maybe. It it's it's going to be the same thing. So if you're using the twenty eleven endpoint, you're going to have to upgrade your scripts. But there, the um, the jump for all development environments from four zero to twenty eleven was the the largest that we've ever had. So the code that you had to change, and you had to change it from 4.0 to 2011, applied both to your JavaScript and to your .NET code. But now that we ha- now that we are on the 2011 type code, we I don't think we're going to have as many uh, changes as we did before. So because the um, what happened was the uh, the technology that we communicate through uh, changed uh, to a much more modern approach using Windows um, uh, uh, Communications Foundation service, or WCF, and that was the hugest change. So things are just physically different, and, but it, it allowed us to, uh, to remove a tremendous amount of code for both, like I said, the .NET side and the JavaScript. So we can reduce the amount of code we're actually having to maintain but again, it's, it is a pain point, so there's no way around that. So you know, you have to put, you have to put some resources into to moving things. And again, unfortunately, that's everyone. Um, I don't really see the the big difference between uh, the 2011 code and the 2013 code at all. So I, there's not a huge jump. Um, I, I can't at this point really see in the future what if we would have a huge um, migration like we did from four to 2011. Um, because things are, have, uh, you know, pretty much been kind of rewritten. So I am hoping that the next time we have a major upgrade to the CRM product, that it won't be as uh, traumatic as 4.0 to 2011. Um, like I said, the, the 2011 to 2013, there's almost um, no change at all. Um, so everything should still work the same. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that as being a problem. I agree with you there because writing plugins and writing scripts is almost everything the same but when yep. you you talk about these changes in crm from 4 to 2011 it sounds a little bit like when they change workflow engine from free to crm 4 oh yes yeah so with that they changed from their uh how we say a homegrown workflow engine to using windows workflow foundation and so that means pretty much yes they converted your stuff but it was easier for you to really just throw it away and start over yeah, it sounds like just the same kind yeah. of a switch. You have to, well, well, you can use it, but um, you rather won't. Yeah, so um, uh, it's it's actually worse for the .NET side. I mean, um, there are uh, there are tools like I have a commercial tool for JavaScript conversion. There's a free version out there that Rhett um, uh, uh, Thompson created. Thompson Clinton, Rhett Clinton uh, from the UK created, and so there are. Uh, um, there are tools out there to do that. I actually have a uh, for the .NET programmers. I have an open source project on CodePlex that helps you upgrade your .NET code um, strictly, so that you have uh, 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 you know as little to to do manually as possible. 
Uh, it's not perfect. There's still a lot of work to do, but uh, it's still, uh, it still it, do, it does work. Uh, cool. It, is it like the free version with the JavaScript that's more like mm -hmm. a advanced search and replace? Uh, it's 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 a uh, it is a it's a series of macros and for Visual Studio that does search and replace, and then there are some um, uh, tools that will connect to CRM and actually generate macros to change the names mm -hmm. because the names changed. Uh, for for all the entities and, and uh, fields, so uh, it's it's all up on Coplex, and I'll make sure to get you a link to it uh, for your show notes. Yeah, that's great um, because that's but, that's things that yeah. can help all of us. Absolutely, yeah. So that's what it, it started off. I was just taking notes. Uh, I had uh, two conversions uh, earlier this spring back to back, and so I took a lot of notes, and I, I just determined that this is more. Uh, it's going to be more work than I could actually do myself, so I put it uh, open source it and hope that um, I would get other people to contribute. That really didn't happen, but that's fine. I mean, um, there's a lot of good code out there, and it, there's still a lot of work to do. But this will this will cut out probably about seventy to eighty percent of the work you have to do. And and it's nice to have this boring bulk work automated yes, for it, you. It, that that's it because there's just a lot of it. And like I said, I was I was keeping um, copious notes about what I was changing. And finally, I was like, okay, I'm doing enough of these. And so I started doing the automation where I would um, uh, write macros uh, in Visual Studio to, to do the search and replace. <laughs> and that worked out very well. And um, there are a few things that don't, don't uh, quite uh, convert properly. Um, the end result, if, if I, I have not had time putting any work into it at all, but there is a project that's part of, um, uh, part of this uh, that you can download that uh, will eventually connect. You could literally point it at a Visual Studio solution, and it would read all the files and do the conversions uh, in bulk. Um, the way it works right now is you you physically load, open the source file in Visual Studio, you run this series of macros, and it just changes things. Well, this would actually do all that for you. So you would literally push a button and walk away and come back an hour later, and it would be done. <laughs> That's, so, really again, cool. That's really yes. cool. Well, well, trying to get to to go back to our unsupported features here. Um, mm -hmm. So you don't uh, you don't uh, do these uh, features where you try to to change like the DOM of the current page where you're at. You know, in 2011, I really haven't had to do a lot of that. In Fora, we had to do that all the time because that was the only way to produce a responsive interface for the user. But with um, uh, with 2011, uh, we have almost all of the the uh, uh, capabilities that we, we were using unsupported techniques for in, in 4.0 are built into the object model, so we don't have to do anything like that. Occasionally, I have to do something, um, but, I mean, literally, I think in the past uh, uh, two years, maybe five times that I've had to do something like that, and, that's, and I'm just guessing there. Um, it very seldom happens. That's good because then keeping it at a supported level guarantees you oh, it will work. It will work. Just keep going. Exactly. All right. That's nice to know. Talking about uh, asynchronous and synchronous calls, uh, what do you think about that? Do you have a, a standard that you prefer or always do? Or how do you feel about that? Well, most of the time, when you get into uh, uh, asynchronous or synchronous calls, you're talking about you doing other data manipulation. So, say you, you need to create a record or retrieve records or things like that. Yeah, so I'm, the, I'm talking about accessing yeah, CRM here. Exactly. So, the, the big um, the big issue with that is, uh, does the user have to be involved in the conversation? So, in other words, if the user performs an action or um, you do it maybe on the form load. Do you want the user to wait on your operation? So if it takes more than a few seconds, the answer is probably no. Okay, so you'd want it You would you would want it to be asynchronous so that it goes and does something. But on the other hand, if if the operation uh, performs a task in the background asynchronously and then changes something on the form, a lot of times people are very um, uh, unnerved by that change. Uh, people don't like to see things change in front of them when they had nothing to do with it. So if you're going out, say you're going out and doing a calculation, and you need to, add, you need to, they, they type something in, and then you need to take that information and go out and do a database query, for instance, or maybe a web service query to say a, an address lookup or something. You can do that in an asynchronous mode, but what will happen is 
the user doesn't know that this is happening, they can navigate off the record and then uh, your call will fail. Um, or they could start maybe doing something else and then when your data comes back, you can update the field that may that may change what they're doing and uh, it, it makes for a, a not a very good user experience. So uh, the idea between either synchronous or asynchronous is really what are you doing and how does it affect the user? Okay, so like if you are creating records or you're going to look up records and uh, the user really doesn't need to be uh, involved or doesn't need to know what happens, you can do it asynchronously. You just bring it back. And if no error is reported, then then you're, you're fine. But if, if it's going to affect the flow of the work of the user while they're on the form, you need to make it synchronous. Uh, you'll have to make them wait. But again, waiting is better than things just magically showing up to, on the form with them not knowing it. Or even worse, if if they navigate off the record, um, and the call has not returned from this, its asynchronous uh, uh, origins, it will actually, in many cases, generate an error. And that will confuse the user because they don't know why the error is showing up. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, JavaScript error. So, yep. so, so it's not as easy as saying, uh, if this thing that you're calling might take more than 50 milliseconds or whatever limit that you have, then you're going to do a synchronous call. Right. It's not, not that simple. Okay, yeah, because it, it, some libraries have that if this is their limit, let's say 50 milliseconds, it might take more than 50 milliseconds, then it's always asynchronous. Actually, that's, um, that is a limitation in the um, Windows Phone guidelines. Programming Windows Phone, if anything takes more than 50 milliseconds, you must make it async. Yeah, and and, uh, and and then that that makes sense uh, because uh, you know you're again you're you're going out across usually um, uh, the internet uh, to do something and bring it back, so you don't want the user just sitting there waiting for stuff. But um, the CRM thing is a little bit different again because you know it really depends on what you're doing. But but in most cases, again, users don't like things to change in front of them without them not understanding why. Um, I actually have that in one case. Um, on this project where uh, I – during this upgrade I was talking about where we removed the Serum 4.0 JavaScript, I had um, a process that went and did a calculation. actually called a web service, which did a calculation, but it was taking almost a minute for this to happen. And what happened is I uh, – they had, had code that used jQuery to, to lock the screen, okay? And that locking the screen I found to be very disconcerting, so I took it off. Well, it was more disconcerting to have the user cancel the form or close the form before the call came back and they would get a JavaScript error message. Or they were working along and next thing you know, uh, a field value would change. It would move their cursor or, or it did something very strange to the user. So I ended up putting back the old screen lock thing even though I didn't like it. Uh, that's when your unsupported things uh, were talked about. Um, but I did that to keep them from causing problems with what I was doing. But locking because, well, locking the UI thread is is not as an unsupported feature, is it? Uh, it actually is. It was actually used in jQuery to manipulate the. Uh, oh, all right, the DOM. that version. Yeah. But but you can use yeah. other supported versions to lock the UI thread of a of a browser. Not within CRM. I'm not. Sure. I'm not familiar with. There may be one. I don't know. There's not. There's nothing built into the object model. Put it that way. All right. So just doing a SOAP call. And then just doing a post to the CRM and say, okay, this is synchronous, post it. Yep, yep, that's it. And then, then you will lock the thread until... Yeah, that, will, that would definitely lock it, yeah. Uh, it just happened that the, the code that they were using, and it, it wasn't my code, so I just left it as it was. It used it uses jQuery, which, which automatically did an, an asynchronous method. Um, and so that, that worked fine. Uh, like I said, it, it, it was just a... Um, the, it was just a problem with the way that it was architected. It's going to have to be rewritten, but that's a different story. Oh, well. So your recommendation is like if the user is not involved in all, just let it be asynchronous because the user doesn't mind when it's ready, if it's ready. Exactly. Yep. Yep. All right. No, yeah. That sounds like a good practice to start with. In your spare time, what do you like to, to do other things like sag the unicorn? <laughs> no. 
Uh, spare time. I don't have much spare time anymore. All right. So, Sag um, the Unicorn was kind of a do I like to talk about it a little bit? I'm not sure if I'm familiar with that. Which one's that? Oh, Zag the Unicorn. Oh, it's my, my blog. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, sorry, I was, Zag the Unicorn. Yes. That was a. Uh, that was something on my personal blog. I was bored one day. So yeah, so I, you had a, a, a yeah. Uh, yeah, it was um, there's a, a thing called a pillow pet, and I got one in the shape of a unicorn, and I took him around and showed him showed his work day, which he was working, and he was uh, uh, taking a break and having a Cuban cigar, and then things like that. So yeah, that was that was kind of funny. I haven't done like anything like that in a while. I have a woodworking hobby that I needed to try to. Uh, to pay more attention to but i don't have a good shop anymore because i moved and uh kind of busy with uh with everything else mm-hmm. plus you know I, um you know between the the customer work and then my products and then uh trying to work on different book projects trying to do some um uh mobile development uh, with the iphone and android windows phone so that, that keeps me pretty busy yeah trying out new stuff yeah, Sang the unicorn reminded me of a of a thing that I read on the um, going around Facebook. Die November. Have you read it? No, I'm not. It's the it's this parent that told their kids that each November their dinosaur toys came to life at night. <laughs> I've not heard that. All right, so so each night they took out their dinosaurs' toys and made them do stuff and then just played. stuff. Um, uh, and and let them stay there until morning and let the oh. kids find out. So did it start a little bit nice with them like messing up in their rooms and stuff like that and then they escalated into like oh ed- eggs in the kitchen you know dinosaurs eating out of the eggs on the kitchen oh, floor okay. and stuff oh, like that. And I think the kids loved it. Oh that's funny yeah. That's good. It's good to mess with your kids. Oh yeah. All right, trying to get back to to the scripts. Um, do you have any best best practices that you would like to to recommend? Well, the the biggest one is um, you need to always use uh, a tool like Visual Studio to do your editing in uh, because it will it will speed up your development. Um, it will help you find errors uh, in your code. They're just pure code errors. If you have uh, a um, a source control server, uh, server like a Team Foundation Services, um, that is is a tremendous help, so that you have versioning for your code. Um, there are several uh, uh, places that you can get low or no cost versions of uh, source control. Uh, you can get a free version of Visual Studio. You can download. It's called the Express version. Um, if you have MSDN, you have uh, uh, access to all of the um, the uh, various uh, editions of Visual Studio. Uh, and NTFS, and then there are some third-party either uh, free tools you can download or commercial tools that will plug in and allow you to connect Visual Studio to CRM to to extract your scripts and put them on the file system so that they can be uh, source controlled. So those those are the biggest things there. Uh, but uh, using a using a real code editor to edit your scripts is absolutely top of the list. Okay, so so the first thing, don't do it in Notepad. Don't do it in Notepad. All right. So if you had it in Visual Studio, do you add like a definition file for a CRM that you use this triple slash reference to add so that you get IntelliSense for them also? Um, in some certain cases, I do. Um, that's, a, that's a tremendous help. Uh, if everybody knows what that is, maybe you can put a link in the notes to how to do that. Um, yeah, so there are some uh, third-party tools that do that. There's a tool that's built into the SDK that you can install and generate this file, and it will give you uh, IntelliSense uh, whenever you're typing things in. Um, that's a tremendous help. Um, just believe it or not, color coding your code automatically so you can see um, the different pieces of, of your JavaScript, and and uh, it'll find errors and things like that. That's a tremendous help, too. I mean, just, just, just the fact that you're using the editor. Um, and then, uh, again, just having having uh, the extra stuff like the IntelliSense on top of it is even better. Yeah, okay. Uh, is the one in, in the SDK okay, the one that generates with all your attributes also? Yes, or? yes. All right, I yeah. wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about the more static that you have your XRM page dot, so you can just control 
space everything and then you yeah. have to look up what what yeah, attributes you have on your page right now yeah that's what that um the solution does is it will generate a code file and you add that code file to your your project and then just reference it and it will give you that uh it will give you that IntelliSense, but you you have to run it on the page first. All right, I think I don't have to run it like that dynamically. I just have a a, a short definition file that I've downloaded for okay, all the XRM attributes. Gotcha. All right. So, so how do you source control it? Do you like when you just regularly once you have it in Visual Studio, just connect it and just check it in, or do you have yep. like a plugin for it? Uh, no, I just uh, have it I put it in Visual Studio. Um, there's a couple ways to get out. I have a, a tool on my blog that will pull things out. Um, like I said, there's um, two or three other things that are actually built into Visual Studio that uh, will allow you to to uh, to do that. But you know, once it's once it's in a Visual Studio uh, solution and project, uh, and it is connected to source control, it's just a matter of checking it out. So you just check it out and edit it and check it back in and then push it back into CRM. And if, if something happens to where you you have broken something horribly, you can go back to a previous version and push that one back to CRM and fix the problem you, you created. Yeah, your development environment might not be exactly. a, a database backup one. Absolutely. All right, so, so what do you have any best tools for getting scripts from Visual Studio to CRM? What do you use there? Um, like I said, sometimes I, I use the one I created. Uh, it's on my blog. It's free. Guy and another MVP from New Zealand has a tool I have not used, uh, but it, it, that's uh, actually supposed to plug into Visual Studio. And then there's a third-party solution, uh, the um, uh, CRM Solution Manager. Uh, they have it's a it's a it's a paid product, but it it plugs into Visual Studio and will pull in your uh, different resources from CRM and allow you to edit, and then it will push them back and upload them to CRM when you're finished. All right, ha- so, have you tried the one that came came with the SDK, the the developer tool? The developer toolkit, yes, I have. I don't have anything good to say about that product, therefore I don't All say right. anything about the product. <laughs> I've tried it, and and then I think out. Oh, well, this only works when I'm just by myself. So then I just, well, mm, let's try That's, something else. Yeah, it, it has several deficiencies um, uh, that I, I just don't, I don't like the way it works. The If you get into the plugins and things, I don't like the way it's, it, uh, the, the uh, templates it uses to generate the things uh, is very confusing. Um, and I think people who use it don't actually understand what it's doing. And uh, hide some of the. It, I think they're trying to hide complexity, but I think they're actually confusing people more. So uh, I, I don't do anything. Yeah, with that just at all. adding a step and then oh, it's not firing. Well, I have it's, this filter function that's yeah, hidden from me. Exactly, and it's just got some things that I, I don't. I just don't like the way it uh, way it way it functions. So um, I, t- I just stay away from it, quite honestly. All right. We have uh, touched a little bit querying data from from CRM. We we I said SOAP and there's O data, right? But which one do you prefer? Well, um, what I do is I use the XRM Service Toolkit that uh, Daniel Kai wrote. So that's a free solution on Coplex, and um, it has a lot of really good things in it that hide all of the complexity. Uh, of dealing with uh, CRM from JavaScript. So it has complete um, create, update, uh, delete. It has uh, retrieve. Uh, it has uh, fetch. So the retrieve retrieve, uh, the retrieve multiple, as it's called, uh, actually uses the OData endpoint. And then if you know what fetch.xml is and you can generate fetch.xml, you can use that. The fetch.xml is actually executed using the SOAP endpoint. And none of this is really relevant to anybody because all it's hidden behind the scenes. All you know is you create a, a fetch or retrieve multiple. You pass it in the whatever parameters you want, and it will give you back a, a, a set of data, which is how it should be. So that is how I recommend to all, all of my customers and students that that's what they use uh, going forward, I haven't tried it actually, and that, it sounds really good because yeah, it's, it's very good. And and you get That's, it back in the same format, OData and SOAP. Yeah, so OData, yeah, so it comes back uh, pretty much as just uh, uh, an array of uh, items. All right, that's cool because if you yeah. use SOAP, that's 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 not what you get. Yeah, 
So and so yeah, so it it, it strips everything out oh. and, and puts it into a nicer format. The only irritating fact is uh, soap calls the the field names are all in lower calls. Oh, sorry, lower case, and the O data calls are in schema case. They're case sensitive also. They're so yeah, they're case sensitive. So that's the only difference between the two is you've got to watch when you use one versus the other because if you pass in um, if you pass in a name that's the wrong uh, wrong case, it will fail. So you have to know a little bit what happens behind. Yep, a little bit about what you're doing. All right, you have to know it either way, so it doesn't hide that from you. And I think that's that's a little bit, perhaps, too much to ask of a tool to make that kind of a decision for you. Yeah, Daniel did a really good job of um, of uh, creating the toolkit. Um, It's very simple to use. Uh, You can. Um, you know, moving uh, your code from Serum 4.0 to, t- to 2011 or 2013, um, a lot of people had raw soap that they had generated via various tools, and that can be completely removed and say and just replaced with uh, two or three lines of code. Yeah, and I most of the those generated soaps I, I don't like. Most of them are just when you start looking at the queries, they're like, this is the same thing twice. Twice. Yep. And you're like, well, just, just, just go away. That's exactly it. All right. Oh well, we're, I'll be sure to to add a note to that in the show notes, so so people can can find it if they're looking for it. Okay. All right. Um, so what's your what's your next challenge? Oh, I don't know. It's the end of the year, and I'm very tired. I don't know what my next challenge is going to be. Has it been a real long year? Yes, it's been a real long year. It's been very busy. Um, uh, lots of customer projects, lots of um, uh, internal projects. Um, I have, uh, I'm about halfway done on about five or six things I need to get finished sometime in the next two years. Um, so usually this is kind of a slow time of year. At, uh, so I'm going to try to try to do some work to get some of my book projects finished and um, – uh, get some more training. I think I'm going to be doing some training um, uh, middle of uh, December, and um, so uh, is that's it, about is it. it preparations for for uh, 2013, or, or are you all set on that and thinking about um, the next thing already? Not yet. So um, just trying to get uh, some of the because right now the unfortunate thing there's there's going, still going to be a lot of here in 2011 around for for quite some period of time. I'm, I'm fairly sure. So a lot of the things that I do, I'm going to have to incorporate both the 2011 version of way of doing things and the 2013 version of doing things. You know, if I had done these uh, a year ago when I had started working on it, then I would not have a problem. I had two versions, but now that things are still going, and um, a lot of things will actually work the same in either way. It just looks different on the screen. So um, most things will will, will will transfer without any problem. Um, it's just the the visual uh, aspect is different. Thank you so much for uh, Mitch for uh, for your participation in CRM Rocks. Well, thanks. And thank you who are listening and don't forget that you can comment on crmrocks.com. See you next time on CRM Rocks. <laughs>